Welcome to BG Mania, a video game music podcast found right here at Level Down Games. I'm Brian, joined as always by the self-proclaimed king of Long Island, Frank. What it do, guys? What it do? Let's get the housekeeping out of the way real quick. BG Mania and Level Down Games is entirely self-funded as a passion project. If you'd like to see it continue to grow and become something even bigger, consider supporting us through one or all of the affiliate links listed in the description of this podcast. It would mean the absolute world to us. All right. This is going to be a fun episode. I <laughs> I made a joke to you all listening to this. I do think this is going to be Jessica's probably favorite episode we've ever done to listen to. Uh, some of you out there, I'm hoping this is your favorite episode we've ever done to listen to if you like the same kind of games that I do and she does. Um, we're doing our back-to-school episode. And as I mentioned at the end of last week's podcast, we had three criteria to meet to pick tracks for this episode. And I know, Frank, in particular, you kind of struggled on this one. You, uh, you you had a hard time picking eight tracks. I found creative ways to pull it off, though. Yeah, but you you definitely had a, a hard time. But I, oh, knew, yeah. I knew what I wanted to do before I even came up with the idea of the show. So, um, but the criteria we had to meet, the game had to heavily feature a school setting. So basically, you know, the, you always go back to the same school or the game takes place in a school, something like that. The game had to feature a level that was iconic that featured a school. So, you know, the the rest of the game could have been, you know, you could have went to your forest, your desert, your snow levels, but you had to have had a level that was a school that was very memorable. That was criteria number two. And the last criteria that we could have fit into was that the cast of characters were of school age, whether that's elementary school, middle school, high school, or college. One of those three things had to be met in order for the game to qualify for the episode today. But I will say, if the game was set in a school or heavily featured a school, we could have used any track from that game. If it was a game that had a memorable level that was a school that was iconic, we had to use the track that played during that level. And if it was, you know, with with a cast of characters, it could have been any track again. So the only one that really made it hard was if it was a game that featured just a level, it had to be that school level. So it, it was it was definitely a challenge to to figure out exactly the music we wanted to play. I know, like I said, especially for you. But uh, we got through it. We have 16 tracks, eight apiece. The opening track you heard there was my first pick opening the episode. And that's called Survey Legwork from Tokyo Xanadu EX Plus, which if you're a longtime listener of BG Mania, and we have, you know, obviously been doing this a little over a year now. Uh, but as I always say, you know, I, I, I say this off air a lot, but I, I don't say it on air enough. Every podcast episode is somebody's first episode. So, um... You know, this might be the first time you're hearing us here on BG Mania, and if that's the case, go back and listen to our back catalog. You'll find some really good stuff there. And, and welcome. And welcome, of course, of course, of course. But we did a whole bonus episode on Tokyo's Nanadu EX+. You were not on that episode, Frank. It was probably one of our better episodes we've ever done. It was just me. Lies. And, uh, <laughs> it was just, I was just introing the tracks. I wasn't really talking about them. It was just music. Very little me. None of you. So it was probably one of our best episodes ever, because neither one of us are on it that much. But, uh... <laughs> Um, it was fun. It was kind of I, I played a lot of the good tracks during that bonus episode, but I did save a couple that for future episodes that that um, obviously I could play. And this one here is one of the ones that you are going to hear when you're just kind of walking around the school after your lessons end for the day, before you go out and do your free time events, before you go out and start, you know, walking around through, through the cities to do the side quests each day after your classes end. This is the track that will kick in. Uh, it was composed by the Falcom sound team JDK over there at Nihon Falcom. 
consisting of Hayoto Sonoda and Takahiro Unisuka. Who we know are legendary. The Nihon Falcom team, they're so good. You'll hear them again here in a little bit as well. They can do no wrong in my eyes. Yeah, they, they do no wrong. Uh, we'll, we'll hear them a little bit as well. Because um, I do have something else from, from Nihon Falcom in the episode. But uh, Tokyo Zander is a fantastic game. I, I am very excited that the uh, the president of Falcom did say that they wanted to turn Tokyo Xanadu into a franchise now. So I'm hoping we will see a true sequel for this game. Uh, it was a great game. And that music there, dude, very persona in nature. Very, very upbeat. Very, you know, lively. Um, Tokyo Xanadu is basically described as Nihon Falcom's persona clone. So, uh, you know, and for good reason. But uh, great track there. Love what they did. Like I said, it, it, it makes you happy and it makes you like, you know, a lot of these games that feature schools, especially ones from over in Japan, which every one of my games is from over in Japan, which is fine. But, um, you know, they're they're meant to embrace school and, and make you want to like school because it's a different culture than, than what we do here in North America, where, you know, school is sometimes viewed negatively. So, you know, kids don't want to go to school here. All right. I went for a more collegiate setting for my first track. NCAA doesn't count, dude. Told you no licensed tracks. I I really contemplated doing that because it kind of it was hard for me to pick some schools. But <laughs> if, if ever there was a college that I wanted to go to that wasn't the College of Winterhold in Skyrim, which I did not pick from, uh, it would be this. And this is Starfleet Academy from the Starfleet. <laughs> Space, the final frontier. Yeah. Uh, this is from Star Trek Starfleet Academy on the PC. This is Exploring the Unknown. And that was Exploring the Unknown from Star Trek, the Starfleet Academy. Uh, it came on the PC back in September of 97. Okay. Uh, I remember playing the hell out of this game, actually. Um, there was some live action bits to it. It was pretty much just 
you learning to become a starship captain so you can go out and actually do you know your whole missions and it was, it was pretty fun um but the composer i'm so glad i get to do this composer yeah you were talking a little bit about this and the composer is ron jones who is the actual composer for star trek next generation um and he's done the movies but he he, he has such cool a, a cool background of what he does he does a lot of cartoons in fact, he started with Hanna Barbera. He wrote and composed all the music for the Smurfs, he and and the Snorks. Okay. <laughs> um, and it was so impressive that Disney actually contracted him to do the music for their first ever syndicated cartoon series. Oh, nice! Ducktales. Ducktales. Woo! And he's still active. He's done. He's done Fairly Odd Parents. Uh, he's currently he does he works for Family Guy. Okay. And I love his music. His composition of the theme for Star Trek Next Generation is one of my all-time favorites. Like, I have playlists on my um, on my, my Spotify and that. And one of them happens to be his music, because I love the Star Trek music in general. The Next Generation theme is one of my favorites. It's good stuff. Nice. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> the track itself, too, is actually... Uh, it's... It makes you want to explore the unknown, as the name of the track is. Like, I mean, that's just like I was trying to think of a better way to put it, but I can't. Uh, it, it has like a sense of wonder about it, a sense of mystery. And I don't know. I've never played this game, so I don't know exactly where this plays in the actual game. But uh, it, it definitely it makes you want to see what's out there. At least it does to me. I don't know when I listen to it. All right. So bonus facts. He's on the music for the A-Team, Magnum P.I. <laughs> uh, he- even did the music for Enterprise, which is the horrible version of Star Trek with uh, Scott Bakula. Dracula. Let's go Scott Bakula. Count Dracula. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, Brian. Top that, player. Well, I mean, we got a lot of good stuff this episode. That's not going to be hard to top that. And besides, we're not, we're not, we're not topping. Every, all these composers are great. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We never top one another. That's not the whole point of the show. The whole point of the show is to explore music that we like, so... But uh, I'm going to go ahead and move into my next pick. And this one is from a game that I was really happy got finally announced for localization when it did and came out here in North America, because for the longest time it didn't. So this is from Final Fantasy Type-0. More specifically, I played the HD version because that's what was released here. But so from Final Fantasy Type-0, this is Erased Memories.
and that was Erased Memories from Final Fantasy Type-0, composed by Takaharu Ishimoto. This originally released over in Japan on October 27th, 2011, and again, it remained exclusive to them for a couple years. Uh, I think it eventually came out here. Uh, unfortunately, the, the Wikipedia page does not have the... Uh... Oh, here's Type-0 HD. That one came out in North America on March 17th, 2015, so four years later. Uh, so it took four years to get it over here, which, again, glad it finally came over. But uh, what I like about the composer, Takahiro Ishimoto, uh, he's the main composer behind Crisis Core, Final Fantasy VII, okay. which I feel like has a fantastic soundtrack to it. But he's also the composer that's behind, you know, he, he's done the, compo the compositions for The World Ends With You, which he has the final remix coming out in October of this year on the Nintendo Switch. He's done um, Dissidia Final Fantasy, like he does that series. He did Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep with Yoko Shimomura and Siyoshi Sekedo. Uh, he's done Kingdom Hearts 3D, Dream Drop Distance, Final Fantasy Agito, um, the newest Dissidia, the NT, and he is working on Kingdom Hearts 3 as well with Yoko Shimomura. So uh, still very active over at Square Enix. And, and still very much doing new compositions to this day. But uh really like his work because he uses a lot of like electrical guitars. Like Again, that's why I like the Crisis Core soundtrack so much. And I actually didn't realize he was the composer behind Crisis Core until I looked into it after I picked this track because I listened to the entire soundtrack for Type Zero. I was like, wow, this really reminds me a lot of Crisis Core. And there were certain tracks in particular that almost sounded like they were straight from Crisis Core. So it's kind of interesting to know that it's the same composer. But this track here, um, I wanted to do this one here, Erased Memories, because it takes place in the game during scenes that you're like recalling as you go out through the story, like things that happened in the past, um, like outside of the academy, you go through the lecture hall, you can go out the door on the right hand side and there's a cemetery out there. And this cemetery, there's a lot of flashbacks that take place there. So you're learning more about certain characters, backstories. This scene always kicks in whenever you're learning about the past, whenever you're like, you know, finding things out that happened from long ago or not even that long ago. So um, and it's just I don't know, it's a it's a very beautiful track, very it. It's well done and, and eventually throughout the game, it becomes the actual main background music for the overworld after you do a certain thing in the story. And again, I try not to do, dive into spoiler content here on the show because I don't like to do that. But uh, something that happens throughout the game and the story, and eventually you will have this track take place in the overworld. And that's really cool, too. So uh, I, I love that. That's a really good track. Like, it's honestly, you could have passed it up as a Falcom. I probably would have, I would believe you, too. <laughs> well, I have that next again. But uh, OK, <laughs> no, uh, it's just funny because like when I hear that track, I really much think of the, the ending theme to Crisis Core. And like I can just I can picture this and just inter swap them. And I don't know, dude, it's, it's really cool. Uh, I'm just glad that I'm just glad that's the same composer and that I'm just not crazy. Well, let's not roll out crazy just yet, Brian. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, last week, I promised everybody I'd take you back somewhere, back to Bullworth Academy. Yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna do just that because I don't lie. Well, often. Do your hips lie? My hips don't lie, and I'm starting to feel it now. Um, <laughs> this is the main theme for Rockstar Games. Bully.
And that was the main theme. The Bully uh, came out in 2006 on the PlayStation 2. Yeah. Yep. And then, uh, and then oh, wait, 360 and Wii. But, um, I forgot this is on the Wii. <laughs> I just love this game. It's I a, absolutely game. love this game. Um, it was composed by Sean Lee, who also did uh, Tales from the Borderlands. Okay. You know what? I actually was curious who composed it. You know, I got a lot of Danny Elfman vibes from that track. I could I could hear that. Just right yeah. If it's it's the bells, it's the bells. It almost seems out of place though for this game. I it mean, it does. Very, very like carnivalish, very, which has nothing to do with this game at all. This game is you're playing as a kid in a school, beating up other little jerks. It's like Grand Theft Auto for kids, right? Which there needs to be a sequel, I will say. There needs to be a bully too at some point. You know what? In 2009, Sean Lee says, I'm working on the competitions for Bully 2, which is coming out soon. Uh, that was 10 years ago, bro. <laughs> Why are you always lying? I remember there was a leak two years ago about a potential Bully 2. I think it was on Game Informer's website. Uh, I, I do think Bully 2 is in development. I think it is going to happen at some point in the future. But as we've talked about before on the Maxwell podcast, Rockstar is a one game studio now. They can only focus on one game at a time. Right now, their game is Red Dead Redemption 2. That comes out soon, though. Now, is Red, is Red Dead 2 just Rockstar themselves? Or because like, this is Rockstar Vancouver. Rockstar games, all of Rockstar Studios work on the same game now. Oh, is that how that works? Okay. Yep. So Rockstar North, Rockstar San Diego, Rockstar Vancouver, they're all working on Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, they, 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 for whatever reason, their games are so massive and take so much time because they put so much into them. They literally have to pull together all their resources, all their studios, all their teams to work on one game. So it happened during Grand Theft Auto five as well, which is why we didn't get anything for Red Dead two until 2018. Red Dead two should have been out a long time ago, but they had to have every studio that they have and every team that they have working on Grand Theft Auto five. Uh, they're doing the same thing for Red Dead Redemption 2. And I imagine if Bully 2 is next, they're probably going to do the same thing for Bully 2. So if that's the case, Bully 2, a couple years from now, we're not looking at Grand Theft Auto 6 till 2022, 2023 at the absolute earliest. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's just unfortunate. But the good thing about Rockstar is even though they take their time, even though that they obviously do... You know, they only make one game at a time. You're guaranteed to get a massive and amazing game every time they put something out. I mean, yeah, the, the game, it actually came out pretty well. I think the, the lowest score I got was GameSpot gave it 8.7. Sure. Everyone, it was getting A pluses in one game of the year from IGN, which now doesn't seem like much of an accomplishment. <laughs> uh, Did they plagiarize <laughs> it? <laughs> no. Again, no no shade at IGN. It's one one dude, uh, you know, screwing things up over there, plagiarizing a review. Uh, but, we, uh, we could IGN besides this is before he was even hired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's all, it's all in good fun. It just poking fun of that guy for making some stupid decisions and, you know, hurting the industry in a little bit. But it is what it is. Good track, though. I, I love that song. It's, it's, like you said, very Elfman. And anything Elfman me is... Can you think Elfman me or Elfany? Did you say uh, Elfman, Elfman to me? Oh, I can't speak English. <laughs> okay. See, you have to be funny, but English is my second language. How dare you? What's your first language? Dothraki. <laughs> okay. Let's on to my next pick. This is getting dumb. Let's go. My ahead. name Nissa. <laughs> From the Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel, this is After School Hours.
And that was After School Hours from The Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel. Again, we're going back to the Falcom sound team, JDK. This was composed by three individuals, though. We have Heyoto Sonoda and Takahiro Unisuga, who are the main two. We talked about them earlier during Tokyo's Anadu. But uh, we also have Asaki Momiyama as well on this track. So, did you say that, uh, Mama? No, no. Saki. What did I say? Saki Momiyama. Sorry, I had to pull it back up. I, I closed my script there for a second because I, I only need it when I'm actually looking at the names. So uh, <laughs> other than that, I know what I'm going to say. <laughs> I just don't I don't have the names memorized because how can I? But uh, yeah, this originally came out on PS3 and PS Vita in Japan on September 26, 2013. We would see it here in North America December 22nd, 2015 on the same platforms and it eventually would release on PC August 2nd of 2017. It is on PS4 now as well, but over in Japan. It came out uh, earlier this year, and I'm hoping uh, hoping that it'll make it over here on PS4 as well before Trolls of Cold Steel 3 comes out. But um, another fun, upbeat, kind of... I-, I mentioned this to you while we were listening to it. Kind of funky, kind of groovy, kind of jazzy track. Yeah. Like, is, that, is that how the whole... That's all the, whole track, the whole soundtrack's not that way. It's very eclectic, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's very much... It jumps around, but uh, there are a lot of these types of inspirations on that soundtrack. I mean, it just, that's kind of like the, the setting that they went for for this world. Now, After School Hours, this track is the track that plays. You know, earlier when I talked about Tokyo Xanadu, how that track we listen to plays before you go out and do your free time, before you go to your side quest. This is the track that plays after you leave the school and you're exploring Erebonia and you are doing your side quest in the towns. You are doing that kind of stuff. So this is after your lessons, but already while you're doing your free time. So... Tokyo Xanadu really follows the same pattern as Trails of Cold Steel. It's the same type of game, really. It really is. Uh, and it follows the exact same formula. But um, just a different story and different cast of characters. Um, but Falcom has a perfection with what they're what they're doing. And, it, you know, I will play and love everything that they do. But uh, just a super good track. I don't know. It's fun. Like I said, very upbeat. Very, very. I, just, I like how funky it is. I don't know. It's funky. I like it. Nah, that was a, that was a damn good track. Yeah. I have a track here from a game that I've actually picked before. Okay. A game that is surprising that I've actually played. <laughs> uh, and a game I wish I didn't. Because it, because it broke me deep down inside. Broke me. This is Ray from A Tofu Boyfriend.
that was Ray from Hatoho Boyfriend. I'm assuming that was your boyfriend, right? That was my character's boyfriend, Brian. Yes. Uh, one of many, because my character was a bit of a slut. Well, that's the only way to play the visual novels. <laughs> yes. Um, honestly, I, I played this game because it was a free game on PlayStation uh, Plus. Yeah. And it, it broke me deep down inside now because now when I see a bird, I'm thinking, what kind of sweet, sweet bird love are they up to? And, you know, are they, are, are they cheating on their man? Are they? Maybe they are. You dirty bird. Um, now, this whole game from their music, they used royalty free music. Right. So which we have talked about before. We have. So every single track has a different composer. This one here um, is from the Scent of Sound team. That's a, a combination of the words sensitivity and active. Okay. And what they do is they simply, they make video game music and they sell their tracks out to whoever wants. So, Did we play the track for this during our romantic music episode for Valentine's Day? I think we did. That's when I'm we last played sure, this. I'm pretty sure we, pl- I'm pretty sure we played one. Um, no, we've only played one other one from this game, and I'm pretty sure that was the episode we did it in. If not, it was a radio hour. It's one or the other. Yeah, one of the We're two. Also fit. Uh, but you know, like I, said, I actually did like this game. Uh, I didn't think I would enjoy a, uh, a romance uh, visual novel kind of game. But like I said, it, the comedic edge to it, to the fact that you know, you're a human and all these birds are in love with you, and it was something else. Wait, you don't play as a bird? No, you're a human. Uh, I thought you played as a bird. No, you're, you're a human going to a school for all birds. Is it meant to imply that you're a bird? Or that the birds are humans? Um... You can anthropomorphize the birds to show them as human, but they, you know that they're birds. Like, so you can. Okay. Because I know a lot of visual novels, like the characters are meant, they look like something, but they're meant to symbolize something else. And I thought maybe it was something like that to where the birds are meant to be humans. No. So it was, it was cool. It Jess- was Jess- Jessica's played it, but I, I don't think it was, uh, it's been a while since she's played it. Um, but she does have it. So, um, but okay, let's go ahead and move into my next pick. We're going to go to a franchise that I am absolutely in love with. And speaking of Jessica, so is she. We're going to go to Persona 4. This track is Heartbeat Heartbreak. Oh, 
And that was Heartbeat Heartbreak from Persona 4, composed by the wonderful and one of my favorite composers of all time, Shoji Magaro. Uh, vocals on that track were done by Shihoko Hirata, who does most of the female vocals. I think there's only one other name that I see on here for vocals in Persona 4. Uh, so she's pretty much on every track that has vocals. And the lyrics for that one was written by uh, Ryeko Tanaka, who wrote every song uh, in terms okay. of vocals. So anytime there's vocals, it's, it's pretty much pretty much that person and vocal or I'm sorry, lyrics and then vocals are the other person. So uh, great freaking track, though. This is the track that you hear when you're pretty much just walking on the streets and exploring the town. And it's just crazy because it's it's such another like funky tune. Like it definitely has some jazz elements to it. Uh, Shoji Megaro borrows a lot from from jazz and from funk, which we will see. I have a track from Persona 5 in a little bit. You'll hear that again. Um, no, he borrows a lot from that, though, but it works really well for the Persona franchise. And a lot of these games like Tokyo Xanadu, like Trails of Cold Steel, they are heavily influenced by Persona, which is why then you have elements and you get, you know, kind of callbacks to and people will say, wow, this sounds like Persona. It's because it's influenced by Persona, like the music is as well. So I don't know, it's just really, really cool what Shoji Miguel was able to do with this franchise. And Persona 4, still to this day, one of my favorite games of all time, Persona 4 and Persona 5. Um, I I was telling you, actually, while we were listening to that track, I am really getting the itch to play through Persona 4, Persona 5 and Tokyo Xanadu again. Obviously, Persona 4 is the one I've played furthest back. Oh, and that sucks. It's like, I, I kind of don't want to play it on the Vita. Like, that's where that's where Persona 4 Golden, that's why I have it at. I really want to play through it on the PS4, and I wish there was a Persona 4 port for PS4. Now, I know that's asking for a lot. Persona 4 is everywhere, but I wish Atlas would port Persona 4 to the PlayStation 4 so that I could play through it again fresh and, and, and be able to do it on the big screen, because I would love to do that. Let's just get it on the Switch. Or the Switch. That'd be fine, too. I'd be down with that, because then if you wanted to take it handheld, you could. And if you wanted to play it on the TV, you could do that as well. But uh, yeah, fun, fun, freaking, uh, fun, freaking track. Love it. Obviously, you know, always playing when your classes are ending for the day, when you're out walking the streets. Like I said, beginning of this episode, I knew this was going to be one of Jessica's favorite episodes we've ever done. I, I know for a fact that she's going to tell me that at some point. You know what? No, we haven't done yet. I haven't kicked it retro. OK. And that's my thing. It's my niche. It's what I'm here for. I bring the ruckus. Didn't you, didn't you go to a retro gaming convention recently? I did. Uh, I actually did see this game for sale. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> I know that. I also saw the other game that I know this composer for for sale right next to it. Oddly enough, because you what are the chances? They're two completely different games. A composer we picked before, and I'll talk about that when we come back. This is the hall theme for Ghoul School. Thank you. 
And that was the Hall theme from Ghoul School, the NES classic. <laughs> no. <laughs> the, the, the NES game. <laughs> the composer for that game is uh, Mr. Scott Marshall, whose only other real claim to fame video game was, other than doing the ports of Frogger and Pong, uh, is WWF's King of the Ring on the NES and the mm -hmm. Game Boy. Yeah, which we played a few tracks from back in episode three. Yeah, see, wow. Going super retro. I'm going back a whole year now. Cool school? Not that great of a game. No. Uh, um, is it a game I've beaten? No. Is it a game I've attempted to beat? No, no, it's it's just it's just bad top to bottom. Um, but I did see I did see a copy of this game selling for somewhere like 80, 90 bucks at a retro game festival. Um, wow, that much, huh? They're out of their damn minds. Yeah. The, the thing is, with bad games, they're either really abundant or just scarce in general. So did you see tag team wrestling? I didn't, uh, but mm. I've seen tag team wrestling out in the wild, like that's not expensive. Uh, like three or four bucks. It's it's nothing. It's a piece of garbage game that you can just you know, destroy it and. Fantastic wrestling game. Save, save anyone the, the friggin' horrors of having to play that game again. Uh, very simplistic, but you know, once again, this is an NES game, and I had to get my retro game in there one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, it is a simplistic track, but it's catchy. Like the the two that they keep doing over and over and again, it's a catchy melody, and I do like it. And you should learn to love it because you're in the hall a lot. <laughs> Uh, from what I've seen of this game, it's all that you really do is roam the halls. You can go inside some classrooms, but uh, oh. you're, you're, you're in the hall. You're, you're in the hall for the bulk of this game. Huh. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and move into my next pick. Then we're crossing the halfway point, and we're gonna go to Danganronpa Trigger Happy Havoc. This track is Mr. Monokuma's extracurricular lesson. <laughs> And that 
was Mr. Mona Kuma's extracurricular lesson from Danganronpa Trigger Happy Havoc, composed by Masafumi Takata and Satoshi Iwasi, who we definitely talked about. Um, yes. We've definitely talked about those two before, uh, specifically Takata. I know we've done a lot of his tracks in the past, but uh, what a fantastic track, dude. What is this lesson? Taking Molly and going to a rave? <laughs> No, uh, this is this is his basic. This is Monokuma's theme. So anytime he pops up, uh, this is the track that you're hearing in the background. Uh, super catchy track. Very fun track. Very, like I said, very techno. Um, just so good, man. It's so good. Uh, this was originally released on the PlayStation Portable over in Japan, November 25th, 2010. We would eventually see it here in North America on the PlayStation Vita, February 11th, 2014. So four years later. Um, again, though, fantastic franchise, played all three games. Curious if they're going to continue it, how they would after the ending of three. Again, don't want to spoil anything, but um, really, really, really like what they did with this soundtrack. All three soundtracks are great. Um, I wasn't able to pick from two, though. I could have, I guess, because they are school aged kids. But Dangarampa 2 takes place on a island. And I think it'd be more fun to save that for like an island themed episode in the future which I'm sure we'll probably do because we do everything. But um, w one and three take place in a school, so I think I could pick from those three. And uh, we've recently played something from three, so I went back and played something from from one. But uh, no, dude, super fun track, super catchy track. Really like what they did here. And yeah, I don't know. I've just always been a fan. So good stuff. You know what? I haven't done, I haven't done a while. I haven't done a DS game. Let's do a DS game. Okay. From a composer who I guarantee we've done a ton of things from, this is Homeroom from the Big Brain Academy. And that was Homeroom from Big Brain Academy. It was an okay game, but it was uh, composed by the legendary Kenta Nagata. Yeah, fantastic composer. Love him. I mean, I mean, he's been uh, doing the Mario Kart series since 64, 1080 snowboarding, the Pokemon stadiums, Wind Waker, Phantom Hour Class, New Super Mario Brothers, and some game about animals living in the town. It's a crazy, <laughs> crazy thing. It's crossing of the animals. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I like I like Big Brain Academy. It was pretty cool. It just makes it makes you feel smart. Are you smart though? According to Big Brain Academy, I am. What's your that's all that matters. But, but the real question is, what's your brain age? I don't remember. I know I, I know I have brain age as well, and mm -hmm. I would get yelled at for not playing it daily by the uh, in-game characters. <laughs> like you 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 miss a day. How dare my, you? My my initial brain age, I think, when I first did it, because I didn't know what I was doing at the time. I think it was like forty or fifty. I was like, my god. 
but I got it down to, I think it's as low as you can go as 18. And every time I did the daily training, it was always 18. So uh, I, I can tell you right now, my brain age is not 18. <laughs> I know for a fact it's not. Uh, What's cool about brain age though, just to kind of deviate from big brain economy was there, there are some of those games from there are actually mini games in the new WarioWare Gold. Oh, really? Yeah, so that's pretty cool. The one I struggled with the most was the one that would put a color, like a, 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 a word, uh, like but a the word, word, word was the in word color. In the color blue. Yeah, and you had to you had to say what the color was and not what the word was. So it would say orange, but you had to actually say blue. I struggle with that the most, I, and I still do to this day. But uh, it's a fun piece of music that you picked from Big Brain Academy. Uh, very simplistic in nature, but I mean, that's kind of what you're going to get from the DS. Um, and, and it's very, obviously, because it's Kenta Nagata, it's very Animal Crossing in nature. Yes. Um, I mean, you could, I could hear that or I could picture that specifically in the GameCube version as like the, you know, the 2 p.m. music just when you're walking through the town. Or something you might hear like in the museum. Yeah, exactly. Or the observatory if we go into New Leaf. Was that was that was when that when that was that introduced to New Leaf? I don't remember. I think it was New Leaf. I think it was too. But yeah, no, Kenta Nagata is a fantastic composer. He he does a lot of fun music. Uh, we'll be hearing a lot of him in the future. We are still going to do some Mario Kart episodes, but later this year we are doing uh, two episodes dedicated to Animal Crossing. So. So you'll hear, um, trust me, you'll hear them again. Yeah, that's all you're going to hear those episodes. So, we, yeah, we're going to do two episodes. We're going to split it two games, two games, because there's four games in the franchise. So. And we're playing every single KK Slider song. No, we're not. That's boring. A vetoed. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> vetoed. But no, we're going to do two two episodes dedicated to Animal Crossing. One, I think, next month, and then one towards the end of the year. Like I said, I do want to have some separation between those so we're not doing things so close together and back-to-back. The only time we're going to do things back-to-back and close together anymore is for October. Um, because I, I and I, and this is, a, this is a concept that I'm borrowing from other video game music podcasts. A lot of people tend to make October their, like, specialty month. I know some podcasts do, like, the month of Nintendo. Some podcasts cast you like the you know like halloween obviously we're borrowing the halloween themed stuff so you know we uh i i want to do spooky stuff throughout october but i also want to highlight one franchise or series every october as well last year we did castlevania it made sense uh this year we're doing Mega Man. so well because Mega Man wears many costumes yeah. so this october it's gonna be awesome yeah no we're definitely we're definitely obviously trying to make it fit within the theme so being that being that he's rock man rocktober is perfectly fine <laughs> yeah I remember I think we made that joke before. No, 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 we didn't. But I just put it together and now it's official. Pretty sure we'd made that joke before. <laughs> Brian, I have a short memory. You know these things. I don't yeah, even know yeah. the name. I only remember the last track I just did. And we just did it two seconds ago. Big Brain Academy. Yes. Yeah, see, my brain age sucks. Yeah. Yep. Your brain age is 80. You're dead. All right. Let's go ahead and move into my next pick. This is from a game that I'm kind of sad stopped getting sequels. Now... In theory, the you I guess you could say in in certain elements, there are still games of this nature out there because the Atelier series still exists. But this game was titled Monacamia Alchemist of All Revis, which is technically part of the Atelier series, but it was separate in in terms of like the story and everything else. So this this series kind of just ended, which is unfortunate. So again, it's Monica Mia, Alchemist of Alarevis. The, the track is Student Store.
And that was the student store from Monica Mia, Alchemist of Al Rebus, which was composed by Ken Nakagawa and Daisuke Achiwa. Those are the two main composers responsible for the Atelier franchise, the entire franchise of the Atelier series. They work over at Gust, I believe, which is the, um, the you know, the studio that develops these games. Uh, they're published by, well, this one happened to be published by NS America, but they've more recently been published by Koei Tecmo, who I believe owns Gust now. Um, but this came out on the PlayStation 2 originally June 21st, 2007 in Japan. We would see it here in North America April 1st, 2008. And again, like I said, it is part of the Atelier franchise. So how this works, uh, Monica Mia was the first of its series, I guess, so to speak. So you have Monica Mia Alchemist of Alrevis, and then you have Monica Mia 2 Fall of Alchemy. Those are the only two games that exist in that overarching story, I guess, or series, if you want to call it. Everything else, you have Atelier Marie, which was the Salberg series, three games. You have Atelier Judy, which was the Gromnod series, two games. Then Atelier Iris, which was another great one on the PS2. Those were three games. And you had these games, which are two games. And then you have the Arland series, which was Atelier Rurona, Atelier Tatori, and Atelier Marura. Um, the Dusk series was Atelier Ayesha, Atelier Esha, and Loji, and Atelier Shally. And then the Mysterious series was the most recent one, where we have Atelier Sophie, Atelier Fyrus, and Atelier Lydian Suell. So the next one is going to be the one that um, I think they're borrowing a lot from all the games, if I remember correctly. Uh, the oh man, what is it called? It's uh, I don't remember. What is that game called? I have it listed. I'm waiting for the sexy series. Why? Look at the Atelier sexy series. We're gonna make like love potions and stuff. Oh, awesome. maybe. Um, no, this game, so it's, let me look here. I have it saved. Like I said, it's on my list of stuff that I need to do. So, so, so is, that what, is that what they do with Atelier? They just like, they, they do like a couple games and they yeah, move on to the next? Yeah, so each, 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 they do series and like each game are connected in the series, but then those games really aren't connected to anything else in, in the entire, in the entire franchise. Uh, Nelki and the Legendary Alchemist is the name of the new one, which, uh, is going to borrow a lot from every Atelier game, if I if I remember correctly. Um, oh, is that the one where like all the uh, alchemists yeah. are in the town that we that we looked at recently? Yep, yep, yeah. Okay, we recently talked about that one. Um, but no, it made me sad that Monica Mia was only ended up being two games. Like I would have liked a third at least, but I would have liked more than that because I think I've enjoyed these ones more so than any of the other ones in the series. These are my these are my two favorite of all the Atelier games. So. But great track. You had mentioned that this would have made a good Halloween track, and I do agree. It definitely sounds that way. Um, it's it's a fan-freaking-tastic piece of music. It's so good. Uh, I, I love when it gets into, like, the Vocaloid stuff toward the end. Um, dude, there's so many different instrumentation changes in this track. It's just, it's it's a great piece of music. I exactly. love this. There, there it, was so many pieces. There was a yep. sitar. Yep. There, was a, there was an accordion. There was gyroids. Everything was there. Gyroids from Animal Crossing. <laughs> yep, they were there too. There you go. Yep. I can't, I can't get anything past you, Brian. Nope. And you know who else you can't get past, Brian? The hallway monitor. That's right. I tied it in. From <laughs> South Park, the stick of truth, this is the hallway monitor boss fight.
And that was the Hallway Monitor boss theme from South Park, Stick of Truth. Uh, composed by the person who composes everything for South Park, Mr. Jamie Dunlap. To the point that's pretty much all the he t- does. The TV show as well, right? Yes. Okay, I thought so. He has movie credits, but those movie credits are the South Park movies, like the Imagination Land special that went out. And... Well, that and I'm assuming the actual movie. Yeah, exactly. Th- those are his movie credits. Land so, Canada! <laughs> <laughs> Which is in the Stick of Truth as an 8-bit version. It absolutely is when you go to uh, the land of the uh, frozen north. Which was hilarious, dude. I love how it switched to the like 8-bit style. It was so funny. Hey there, buddy. <laughs> so good. Uh, love the game. Absolutely. Yeah. We talked about the game before on other mm-hmm. shows. Um, but Jaden Dunlap, like, the, his instrumentation, you can always tell that he's there. Like, it, it, the South Park sound is a sound onto itself. Yeah. Like, it, Agreed. It just, I agree with that. It has a certain sense of, that sounds too dorky here, uh, like a childlike whimsy to it. You dork! Just kidding. Nerd! <laughs> <laughs> no, it definitely does, though. I like it a lot. Um, it's, it's very, it's another one of those tracks, and, and the Stick of Truth has a lot of these tracks. They're very atmospheric. Um... Well, not only that, this one was very, uh, the Sick of Truth, uh, was influenced or borrowed or stole from, uh, Skyrim a lot. Right. Uh, it's the fact that you actually are the Dovahkiin in this game. Yeah. A lot, a lot of the chanty kind of stuff that goes on in this one, just like in Skyrim. Mm-hmm. I love but, it. No, it's good stuff. But yeah, no, definitely a lot of the tracks on the Stick of Truth soundtrack. No, there's some things that aren't. There's some, there's some gems that can be found in this soundtrack, but, uh, a lot of the music actually is just more atmospheric and sound effecty in nature. Um, I, I found that out when kind of exploring it a little bit after you had set a track that I vetoed because it was too short and I don't know. I, I just didn't like the way that one moved. So <laughs> that's right. I'm vetoing your next track. Uh, you can't. Sorry. Uh, let's go ahead and move into my next pick, though. Uh, my penultimate track. We're down to our last four for the episode. Um, these are going to be good stuff, though, here. Uh, so again, we're going to go to a franchise that is one of my favorites. I played something from this franchise earlier with Persona 4, so we're going to go with Persona 5. This track is Beneath the Mask.
That was Beneath the Mask from Persona 5, composed once again by the legendary Shoji Magaro. The vocals on that track in a majority of the, actually, I think every track on Persona 5 that has, no, there's one track that's not this girl. Uh, the vocals are done by Lin, who is a South Korean singer. Um, she's, she's done a lot for the Persona 5 soundtrack. Uh, it's L-Y-N is what she goes by. And the lyrics were written by someone we've talked about before on BG Mania, Mr. Benjamin Franklin. Yes, he also invented electricity. Yeah. And the bifocal. Yeah, so for longtime listeners, you'll recognize the same reused jokes that Frank tends to use every single time. Wow, Brian. <laughs> you won't let me have anything here. No. <laughs> But no, Persona 5 released in Japan September 15th, 2016. It released here in North America April 4th, 2017. Uh, again, I'm itching to get back to this game played again. And again, the soundtrack, though, very jazzy, very funky. Again, you know, that's just Soji Magero. He tends to have his style. Um, it's so good, though. Like, it's so good because... I just love the way he incorporates the jazz and the way he the way he describes it. He describes it as acidic jazz. And I just I like the way that he incorporates that into these games. And it's not just Persona 5. Again, it's all the Persona games. Anything he really touches. I mean, you think back to the track we played from Trauma Center which was done by Soji Magaro. And it very much sounds the same. Like, you can just tell he is influenced by jazz and incorporates that a lot into his soundtracks. So I I really like what he does there. I mean, again, I like jazz. That's why he's one of my favorite composers. Um, He's good stuff, man. I like him a lot. I like this track. I like this game. I need to play it again soon. I got to play it again soon. I got to go. I got to make things right. I gotta make things make right, dude. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna save your problem. No, problems. I got I gotta make things right. I gotta pick. I gotta go with Makoto. I didn't choose her last time. I, I chose Anne. This, I want you to start playing this game again, and you can just not play uh, any Warcraft until you finish. <laughs> yeah, right. I tried. Not even uh, happening, dude. All right, so. But I need my, my I, need, I need my Makoto. We all need some sweet, sweet Makoto love. So now, I'm gonna take you to a game that we've picked the track from before. Um, and this is Super Daryl Deluxe. Ooh, I love the soundtrack. I love the soundtrack. This is the battle hymn of the history nerd.
And that was the Battle Hymn of the History Nerd from Super Daryl Deluxe. Uh, the entire soundtrack was done by Adriel Gane. Uh That's all he has to his credit. But uh, what a credit it is, man, because it's, it's a totally rocking soundtrack. I found one of the few songs that didn't have the lyrics Daryl, 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 Daryl. <laughs> yeah, it was funny because the last track we played from it... Um... You know, the legend, the, legend the, legend, the legend of Daryl, which, you know, says Daryl a lot. But when I was exploring the soundtrack after the fact, because I did say I wanted to to listen to a majority of the soundtrack and, and I did. Um, you were right, though. A lot of the tracks in the soundtrack actually do have Daryl's name in it, whether that's once or 20 times, if not more. So um, isn't there one that's actually. Yeah, oh, you know, I know it's, for a fact, yeah. It, 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 there's, there's one we're saving for a special episode. Yeah, yes, it's, I it's, actually, it's, yeah. Tag, it's tagged and saved, yeah. Yes, because that, that, there's probably like 50 references of Daryl on that track, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but no, it's a good soundtrack, and obviously, uh, you know, you tend to lean more towards the metal side of things, and it's very metal there, and it's good, though. And, like, I like the way they do that, but I like the way that, I don't know, man, This it, it works really well for Super Daryl Deluxe, and I think it fits really well. It does. If it's totally with the aesthetic of the game, so exactly. the, metal, the, the metal doesn't overpower the game, it only embiggens it. Exactly. Okay, let's go ahead and move into my last pick on this episode as we get ready to close things out. We're actually going to go to a game that was never officially released in North America. What? Yeah, so the actual title of this game, and I'm sure I'm not going to pronounce this right, and I do apologize for our Japanese-speaking audience, Horai Gakuen no Boken Ten Kosui Scramble, which loosely translates to the adventure of Horai High School, the track school theme number one. was school theme number one from Hurai Gakuen no Boken Ten Kosei Scramble, which again loosely translates to the adventure of Hurai High School. This never released here in North America. Uh, now, it did come out on the Super Famicom over in Japan. Uh, it's a comedy-themed RPG that was based off of a play-by-mail pen-and-paper RPG. 
The title was developed by Dynamite and published by J-Wing exclusively in Japan once again on April 19th, 1996. So this was a late Super Famicom title because we're entering the era of the Nintendo 64 in 1996. Uh, Aeon Genesis did release an English translation patch for the game, which is accessible. I mean, you can play this through emulators. We don't obviously, you know, we don't endorse, endorse. (laughs) <laughs> we don't endorse. <laughs> we we don't. We've been talking too long, dude. We don't endorse doing um, you know emulation of games and that kind of stuff. But for a game like this, that's never going to come out here. We're never going to see this in English. I, I'm fine if somebody like I I personally morally am fine if somebody wanted to download yeah. this or if I choose to download this in the future to play through this game. Like there there's no other way that we would be able to play that. So that that I don't think is really too much of an issue. Um, it's when you're downloading things that you can get through other means that, that I do have an issue with. But um, what's really cool about this is that the game was composed by someone that I've met and someone, okay. that, I ha- someone that I have a picture of with on uh, on social media, uh, Mr. Hitoshi Sakimoto, who is the main composer of Final Fantasy XII who I did meet at Distant Worlds in Pittsburgh three or so years ago when I went with Jessica, Justin, and Justin's wife, Christina. So, yeah, I met him and uh, the conductor of the Distant Worlds Symphony. But, yeah, no, so Hitoshi Sakamoto did the soundtrack for Final Fantasy XII. I mean, he does does a lot of music. He's he's a JRPG dude through and through. But uh, I'm not going to go through his entire catalog. We've done it before. We've talked about him before. So, really cool, though. I really like this music. It's very... It's very upbeat. It's very fun. And I don't know, dude, the the, the game just it, it seems like something I would enjoy because it says here that the game centers around Horai High School, which has taken over an island in Japan. It starts with a transfer student on a plane headed to Japan. The pilot falls asleep and ends up somewhere else. The student, who is worried about being late, jumps out of the plane and lands in the school auditorium. She joins the school newspaper and ends up investigating some strange things going on. You can play as a boy or a girl in the game and can join different clubs to gain skills. It's an unusual RPG worth checking out if this sounds like something you want to play. So that, that's the name of the description on one of the websites I'm seeing here. Again, it's this game I've known about for a while, and I know, I've know i known there's an English patch translation out there for one of the ROMs for a couple years now, but uh, I, I tend not to download, you know, too many things like that. So, again, the only time I would ever endorse that is if, if it's a game that you can't get in North America that you still want to play. Yeah, so, uh, wow. I'm going to close this out with something emotional. All right. I know I'm going to go against the grain of what I normally do here. Um, well, last time you said you're going to do an emotional track, you ended up playing the Master Koga battle from Breath of the Wild. So I, I, but I'm, I am legitimately going to go something emotional here um, for one of my favorite game series uh, set in Arcadia Bay, Oregon. Thanks to me. Thank you, Brian. Uh, set at Blackwell Academy, which is a senior high school. So extra school. Boom. Done. Uh, this is from Life is Strange Before the Storm. The track is called I Don't, and it was composed by Coda. Uh, and he so he composed the song, but it was performed by the alternative electronic uh, group Daughter. Daughtry? Might, might as well be Daughtry. <laughs> That's all it was. And, and this is uh, pretty much the song between uh, Rachel Amber and Chloe. Right. Yeah, which, uh, which this game is a game I haven't finished. I need to. I have not finished it either, to be quite honest. I am on the very last bit of it. Mm-hmm. Not um, DLC not included. 
but uh, I, I have to just sit down, give myself two or three hours and just finish this bad boy because I love the series and I want to finish it before the new one comes out. Which is next month. Yeah, so I'll power through. Don't you worry. Actually, episode one might be this month. I don't remember. It's either this month or next month. I better, I better hurry up. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't remember. I don't remember exactly what day episode one comes out. It's either the end of this month or the end of next month. One of the two. But uh, I guess, Brian, you want to take us out here? Wanna sure. Talk to the people. Talk to the masses. Yeah, um, that's going to do it. We're going to bring us to the close of a BG Mania this week. So we want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another one of our crazy episodes made possible by leveldowngames.com. Remember to submit tracks, ideas, and requests for future episodes to bgmania at leveldowngames.com, especially for that thankful episode we're planning later in November. Uh, we obviously need as many tracks as we could possibly get for that one because that is our our episode dedicated solely to you and apparently Frank's sister. So, <laughs> but, She's getting uh, track in there. But uh, yeah, we definitely want to have as many submissions as we can. And obviously these are for radio hours and potentially themed episodes in the future as well. Regardless of where you're enjoying this content, be sure to share your support by leaving a review. And if you aren't already, subscribe to us on YouTube. You can also follow us over at twitch.tv slash leveldowngames for all the live streams and event coverage. And on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, if you want to follow us across social media. Check that description box below for the appropriate links. It's really not below. I don't know why I say below for an audio podcast. Just check the description box for the podcast for the appropriate links. It's not below. It's below on YouTube, but this doesn't go on YouTube. It's it's, it's wherever you want it to be. It's wherever you want it to be. Wherever your description is for your whatever app you're using to listen to us uh, every Wednesday. We do appreciate that. Just check that description box. You'll find all of our links. Uh, next week, we're closing out the last of our series episodes that we started. Next week, we are going to be taking a look at music solely from Final Fantasy XV. And we are going to include the DLC episodes in that. So okay. it, it, we, we're going to go ahead and do the main game plus all everything that's released up through next week. So anything that's came out from the time the game came out through now, we're going to include in terms of the soundtrack. So we'll be taking a look at Final Fantasy 15, 16 tracks apiece, picked by both Frank and myself. Taking us out of this episode once again, we have I Don't from Life is Strange Before the Storm. Keep the music playing. And keep it loud.
Yeah.